church of Jesus Christ must be quick to forgive, quick to patch things up, big enough to overlook faults and differences in others, and care enough for God's church to fight for the unity and not enter into the offense or the problem. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're wrapping up the series, Pray Through, with part two of our message, The Prayer of Agreement. Last time, we discussed the incredible importance of unity and the power that a prayer offered in the spirit of unity can release. So let's go right to part two of the message, The Prayer of Agreement, and see what else the Bible has to say about this powerful and effective form of prayer. Can I tell you something today? If you're full of the Holy Spirit and full of the Word of God and prayed up and your flesh is good and crucified, you can put a thousand devils to flight. One can put a thousand devils to flight. Listen, one in God is a majority. But look what he goes on to say. Two agreeing together can put 10,000 to flight. Look at that. That's not addition. If it was addition, it would go from 1,000 to 2,000. One could put 1,000 in flight, two, 2,000. But that's not what he says. He says one puts 1,000, but two agreeing together, it's multiplied power, multiplied force, multiplied effect. It puts 10,000 to flight when you agree. Now, for that reason, the prayer of true agreement is an exceedingly powerful force in the spiritual realm. Let me give you an example. One day, Peter and John went to pray. Now, we used to sing a song. It went like this. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He held out his palm. He asked for an alm. And this is what Peter did say. I'd sing it for you, but I want your attention. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have... I give you, let me paraphrase that. I don't have any spare change, but what I do have, because you can't give what you don't have. If you've got Jesus, you can give Jesus. So he gave what he had. He said, I don't have any spare change, but I got something way better than some spare change. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, sir, get up and walk. He had been crippled from birth. Peter reached out and grabbed his hand, and the Bible says that strength entered into his lifelong crippled legs, and the man stood up, and when he realized he could stand, he started walking. When he realized he could walk, he started leaping, and when he started, realized he could leap, he started praising God. He did not stand there and say, well, I do believe, bless God, I'm healed. No, 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 no. He had a benefit. You can have a fear fit. You can have a depression fit. You can have an anxiety fit. You can have an anger fit. But you know what happens when you walk in the Spirit? You have benefits. And he had a benefit. 
And he started walking and leaping. All the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin and all the rest, those that had crucified Jesus saw what was going on. They called the disciples. They didn't care that somebody had been healed. What they cared about, they had done it in the name of Jesus. They perceived that they had been with Jesus, that they were unlearned men, but they perceived that they'd been with Jesus because the anointing of the Spirit was all over Peter and John. And they looked at them, they called for the whip, they whipped them, and then they said to them, we don't care what you do, but do not preach or teach anymore in the name of what's his name? No, I'm saying they didn't want to say it. They didn't even want to say it. In the name of what's his name? Don't preach in that name anymore. Because, see, they perceived that the power was in the name that the results were in the name, that it was the name of Jesus that was turning Rome upside down and spreading the Christian faith everywhere. Don't preach in that name anymore. Well, after they got getting whipped, they went out, and the Bible says being let go, they went to their own company and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God. Look at this, prayer of agreement with one accord, harmonizing symphonizing, praying about the same thing with the same faith and the same heart. And they prayed this way. I got to read the prayer. It's so powerful. Listen to how they attribute all of creation to creator God, not evolution. Lord, you are God who has made heaven and has made earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? For to do whatever your hand and your counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Anytime somebody persecutes you, comes against you for any Christian reason, you take it to God and say, Lord, you behold what they said. You heard what they said. You saw what they did. And they said, they grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name. There's that name again. By the name of your holy child. Everybody say the name with me. Jesus. Now I want you to notice the first thing that Peter and John did when they'd been whipped and they got persecuted. They went and they found their own company. When you're under the gun, you don't go find skeptics. You don't go find unbelievers. You don't go find doubters. When you need somebody to agree with you in prayer, you go find your own kind. You go find people who will believe like you, who will lay hold of God like you want to. They went and found their own company. And when they found their own company, they all took hands and they lifted up a prayer to God. Well, let's read what happened. Let's read what happened. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness, and they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. We will not obey men when they're telling us to disobey God. If they tell us to disobey God, we must obey God rather than men. And they weren't praying some generalized prayer. They offered up to God the persecution, the threats, and everything that had been put upon them. And the Bible says that whole place was shaken as they lifted their voices in fervent prayer. Now, 
You know I like words, and I always check out words. That word shaken is so powerful. It means the building shook. Can you imagine if we stood up and we began to pray for something right now and the red-hot fire of fervent prayer fell on us, and when we were done, all of a sudden this building shook and moved. As long as the lights don't come down, I'm okay. The word shaken is a picture of a really strong, stormy wind blowing against a tree, bowing it down, and violently shaking and rattling the leaves. That's the word here, shaken. It was like God was saying, got it, and I've got you. Don't be afraid of them. Go for it. Don't tell me there's not power in Christianity. There's power in Jesus to shake a building. Later on, they saw the original jailhouse rock sitting down in the dungeon. They did the same thing. They harmonized together and prayed and worshiped God, and the jail shook. And the prison doors flew open, and all the prisoners were freed. And the Philippian church was birthed. God likes shaking things when you pray right. So God's power was mightily manifested in answer to the prayer of agreement. Now, second, since unity and harmony are crucial to the prayer of agreement, since it is so crucial, that's the crucial ingredient, unity and harmony, not being divided, not being at odds, then Here's what we need to understand. Unity is always under attack. I can tell you as a pastor of 32 years, dealing with God's people for 32 years and knowing many other pastors, I can tell you that the unity of a body of believers is always under attack because, listen, Satan fears when the church is unified, when we are harmonizing, symphonizing, praying, when we are walking in the unity of the bond of peace, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, when we are unified and pray in that condition, Satan attacks it because God's blessing rests on unity. His presence is with those who agree in His name. The enemy works overtime to divide the Lord's church. And we got to be aware of that. Jesus said, be wise as a serpent, then be gentle as a dove. Be wise first, gentle second. Recognize the enemy when he's moving because Satan looks at a church like this one or any other church gathering in Jesus' name, and he looks for ways to divide it. His philosophy, the philosophy of hell is divide and conquer. God's philosophy is unify and conquer. Satan's is divide and conquer. He tries to bring strife into relationships. He wants to provoke anger and jealousy. He wants to stir up bad feelings that keep Christians at odds with each other and angry at each other. I can't tell you. I don't know, but I can only imagine right now in Fort Worth alone how many people are not in church, how many people are staying home, how many people got offended and got angry and got divided in a church body, and now they have written church off and they're sitting at home, and trust me, they're losing. He wants husbands and wives divided. He wants pastors and their congregations divided. He wants parents and children divided, choir members divided, worship teams divided, different local church congregations divided and against each other. So if he can divide, he can conquer. And then he'll move on and divide again and conquer. 
He's after your marriage. He's after the key relationships in your life. If he can't defeat you, he'll try to defeat somebody whose defeat defeats you. To divide, to conquer. That's the way he works. No wonder Paul wrote to the Ephesian church and he said, make every effort. The word effort means move swiftly, move zealously. He's saying, when you see disunity coming into a church body, make every effort to move swiftly into that potentially divisive situation and patch it up and fix it and bring healing and restoration before it festers and moves. Because any division in a church is the devil's attempt to dispower it. God wants to empower us. Satan wants to dispower us. And he used a division. No wonder God says of the seven things he hates most. Last but not least is he who sows discord among brethren. He says, make every effort, move swiftly, move zealously to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now, I want you to understand something about unity. I don't have to believe everything you do to be unified with you. Isn't that good news? Because if I had to believe exactly the way you do about everything, we would have no church. We would have no unity. We might as well go home and watch I Love Lucy reruns. It's over. Did you know there's 21 different Protestant denominations in America with thousands of offshoots? And here's the deal about every one of them. 21 different Christian denominations, Protestant, with thousands of offshoots, and every one of them think they've got more of the truth than the rest. And God tells me, I want you to walk in unity and fellowship with them. Well, if I had to believe every little thing they do, we're never going to walk in unity. So here's the good news. Unity is not achieved by gathering together around exactly the same beliefs. Unity is achieved by gathering together around a person. And his name is Jesus. That's where you get unity. Now, I like what Augustine said. Augustine, this is attributed to him. I don't know if he said it, but it's attributed to him. And I think this is the best, the best way to describe unity. He said, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, charity. Let me talk about this a minute. In essentials, there's got to be unity. Watch this. If we can't agree on the blood of Jesus as our only hope of forgiveness and salvation, I have no grounds for unity with you. That is, I can't agree with you in prayer. I can't walk with you. I can love you, but I can't walk with you in unity because if you don't believe that Jesus' blood is the only way to salvation and the only way for forgiveness of sins, that is a deal breaker. In essentials, there must be unity. Or that God's Word is non-negotiable, unchanging, and unvarnished truth. That's what I believe. That's what the Bible says about itself. That is an essential. And if you say to me, well, Jeff, you know what? Really, I don't really believe the Bible is the Word of God, and Jesus isn't really the only way. What do I have to unify with you around? Because you can't have fellowship light with darkness. So that's a deal breaker or the necessity of living a godly, moral life in keeping with the teachings of Scripture. That's an essential. And if you're out there living immorally and you don't believe in the Bible's teaching on purity and morality and so on and so forth, then that's an essential and we have just lost our unity. In essentials, we must have unity in the essentials. But in non-essentials, 
liberty. In other words, if it's not an essential and somebody's different from you, but they love Jesus, get over it. If you want to believe you can't eat pork, for instance, that's a non-essential. I will pray for you. Because yesterday morning I had bacon. And that is one heavenly smell. I can be anywhere in the house. But when I smell that bacon cooking, it pulls me up out of the chair. It pulls me up out of bed. It talks to me. Come hither to the kitchen. And the Bible tells me if I pray over it, it's blessed and I can eat it. Now, I know some of you purists are going to say to me, but Jeff, that's a pig. That's swine. That's not good for you. Well, God bless you. I love you anyway. And I can still fellowship with you because that's a non-essential. You need to be delivered. Or some people believe that women shouldn't wear pants or that the gifts of the Spirit passed away with the apostles. They believe that. Or that playing instruments in a church service is not right. I can still gather with you in the name of Jesus. I can sit down and eat with you, and I can love you, and I can fellowship with you if you believe I shouldn't play instruments in church. I will come to your church and sing a cappella with you, and when I start, you'll wish instruments were playing. But you see, in non-essentials, we have liberty because that's not a deal breaker. None of those things are deal breakers. And in all things, charity. Should we disagree on non-essentials like the things I named and, and more? I still love you in Christ, for He is our basis for unity. I can gather with you in His name, take your hand, and I can agree with you harmonically, symphon. And I'm not getting new age on you. I'm just saying, in harmony, I can agree with you for God to move. Because we've gathered together in His name. The church of Jesus Christ must be quick to forgive, quick to patch things up big enough to overlook faults and differences in others and care enough for God's church to fight for the unity and not enter into the offense or the problem. So, regarding the prayer of agreement, God blesses unity, and unity, therefore, is always under attack. And the last thing I want to mention is this. If you've been praying about something and you're just not getting the breakthrough, but you know that it's God's will, has it occurred to you to find somebody of like faith Take their hands and say, agree with me. And go from taking 1,000 to taking 10,000. Let me give you an illustration. Lisa Schwartz. Lisa, stand up there. She is the founder and the director of Crazy 8 Ministries. Crazy 8 Ministries touches a lot of people with the love of God and the healing of Jesus Christ. They are involved in at least 200 counseling sessions a month ministering Jesus to people, speaking into their pain, seeing them get set free. Many times they are the last stop before jail or, or before death. And they pray together and they minister and counsel according to the Word of God. And right now they're housing four women and seven children to get them healed up, taking care of them, uh, giving them a place to stay. And the whole community is very, very aware of Crazy 8 Ministries. In 2015, they were told they had to vacate the property that they were on and they were given a deadline. You've got to be out by June 30th. And I believe they had nine months from that time. Nine months to find land, to find buildings, to find a brand new place and get planted. And I remember 
They searched for seven months and ran up against wall after wall. I used to go over to them every Sunday and say, how's it going? Well, we hit another wall. Well, we hit another wall. We hit another wall. And yet they kept on looking and kept on looking. And the time in the hourglass, the sand was sifting through. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And they had to focus on praying and trusting God. And in one particularly trying time, the day before they were supposed to close on a property, that day it fell through. Two months left to find land, property, that's stress. That's pressure. I don't care how much faith you have. And I remember it was at that time when I was told, hey, it fell through for them. They got to have something in two months. This is getting serious. I took Pastor Brendan and myself, and we went over to their office, and we gathered their staff around. And I remember thinking all the way there, Matthew 18, 19, Matthew 18, 19, if two of you agree together as touching anything, anything, on earth. It'll be done. We gathered the staff around. We all took hands and we began to pray. We began to cry out. We began to intercede. And I remember very heavily sensing the presence of God. He was there in the midst. Do you know the very next week her property opened up? I've been there. And let me tell you something. It is T-bone steak property. It is prime property. It so puts in the shade what she had. God did exceeding abundantly above all we could ask for or even think of. But there's more. They had to close on the property. Remember, by June 30th, they had to close on that property. And so Lisa's gathered with some businessmen at a table, the businessmen involved in the deal. And she said, we got to close by the 30th. And one of them looked at her like she was this little girl and said, honey, you're asking for a miracle. And she said, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, they closed on June 28th on that property. There's power in agreement. If two of you agree on earth, harmonize together, come into agreement together about anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you're encouraged to call a believing friend or a prayer partner to enter into the prayer of agreement with them. You know, God is using Life Talk to reach many people across the nation with the uncompromised Word of God. And we simply could not do it without your faithful prayers and financial gifts. One of the amazing things about Life Talk is that not one dime of your financial offerings goes to any overhead whatsoever. Each penny goes directly to airtime. Not every ministry can say that, but thank God we can. So would you consider sending a gift to help us reach America with the Word of God? If you do, we've got a very special gift just for you that I'm excited about. Listen to the announcer as he explains. 
Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. And join me again next time as we begin a brand new life-changing series where we're going to talk about the incredible benefits of living for God. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. The Prayer of Agreement is the sixth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Pray Through. You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Pray through for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Thank you.